Psalm 103, as we give our attention to God's word. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. This is our God, and Psalm 103 is a beautiful part of the Word of God that teaches us in many ways how this is true, that our God is a God of compassion. This morning, we considered from Matthew chapter 5 that as Christians, as the church, we are light. Tonight, we're going to look at Psalm 103, verse 14 in particular, which reminds us that we are dust. Now, when you hear that, that may not sound very complimentary. In fact, people may think being called dust is actually derogatory. We hear that language sometimes of people speaking to other people. And they say things like, you're just dirt. 
dirt. What's God saying here? When he says in this psalm, when we read of him, for he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. This is not derogatory. This is not insulting. This, in fact, is another great demonstration of the compassion of God. He remembers that we are dust. Psalm 103 abounds with the glory and goodness of God. That he is filled with kindness and compassion. That he is a heavenly father who pities his children. He has compassion on them. As a father has compassion on his children, verse 13, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He pities his children. Again, there are many people who don't want to be pitied. They want to be envied in life. Who wants someone else's pity? Being shown pity, in other words, to be pitiful in that sense, is hardly a compliment. But if you truly know God, you know you need his pity. If you really know yourself, you would appreciate beyond words his pity. Those who are sensitive to life in a fallen world are desperate for and delight in God's pity or compassion. And among all the other ways that God's compassion is expressed here in verse 14, he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. This too is an expression of compassion and pity. I want to notice first, though, the simple truth that in saying this, God knows us. That's how the verse begins. For he knows. He knows. He is a father who deals with his children according to knowledge. That's such a beautiful characteristic in a person. God deals with his children according to knowledge. So you can know that God's dealings with you are not uninformed. They are not done in ignorance. He is not misguided. God isn't someone who is insensitive. He isn't someone who doesn't appreciate a person's nature and character and situation. He knows. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me And you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. God knows his children. We often fail to live according to knowledge. We don't understand others the way that we should. We can interact with people in ways that are insensitive and inappropriate. 
We can respond to people with frustration and hurt. They just don't know. But God never acts that way. He knows your circumstances, your situations, your relationships, your troubles, your temptations, your sorrows, your suffering. And this verse tells us even more deeply that he knows us. He just doesn't know about you. He knows you. He knows our frame, it says, how we are formed. God's knowledge is deeper than mere circumstance. He knows our constitution. He knows how we are made, what we are made of. We can speak of our situations in the language of this psalm. Psalm 119.25 says, I am laid low in the dust. Sometimes we speak of that in, in very hard times. We've been laid low in the dust. We can actually find ourselves sometimes just physically flat out on the ground. We don't do it theatrically or hypocritically. We just find ourselves there sometimes because things can be so hard. But this is even more profound. Not just knowing that we can be laid low in the dust. God says here, I, I know your frame. He remembers that we are dust. What an amazing thing to think about. The word in the original frame, he knows our frame, he knows how we are formed, is related to the Hebrew word for potter, a potter who works with clay. God as our creator has, as we would say, hands-on knowledge of us. Jeremiah 18.6, like clay in the hand of a potter. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. That speaks of God's absolute sovereignty over humanity, but also the intimate knowledge of man that God has. We can often think too highly of ourselves as human beings. Sin encourages that. We call people... Iron men and iron women. Cal Ripken Jr. was the iron man of baseball. He didn't miss a game in I don't know how many thousand games. Margaret Thatcher, the iron lady. God knows. God knows. He knows the times when even people like Cal Ripken or Margaret Thatcher cry themselves to sleep. God knows, and we should know too. We're not the people we think we are sometimes. The singing group Kansas got it right to a degree, though truth is mingled with despair, when they sang, I closed my eyes only for a moment, and the moment's gone. All my dreams passed before my eyes, a curiosity. Dust in the wind, 
All they are is dust in the wind. Same old song, just a drop of water in an endless sea. All we do crumbles to the ground, though we refuse to see. Dust in the wind, all we are is dust in the wind. Don't hang on, nothing lasts forever, but the earth and sky, it slips away, and all your money won't buy, won't another minute buy. Dust in the wind, all we are is dust in the wind. There's some truth to that. We're weak. And God's providence can blow us here and there, literally and figuratively, like dust in the wind. God can put his finger on our lives in a thousand ways, and we would acknowledge that we're dust. But what does this language mean biblically? How are we dust? What does this language about humanity really mean? Well, there are two great truths bound up in this name, in this reality that we are dust. We are dust, first of all, as human beings by constitution, by creation. And secondly, we are dust by judicial sentence or condemnation. Dust speaks of what we are and who we are. In the first sense, we need to go back to the book of Genesis and the creation of man. Boys and girls, you remember, Adam was made from the dust of the ground. And then God breathed into him the breath of life, and Adam became a living being. That's where we come from. The Bible teaches us that we are of the dust. We are creatures. We are finite and created changeable beings. You know, even dust is amazing. With electron microscopes, people are discovering the marvel and the complexity and the beauty and the wonder, even of the dust that we sweep off our shelves every day. It's amazing. But to the dust of the ground, God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And this is dust that is created, made into the image of God and his likeness. Genesis 1.27, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Man is created from the dust, but wonderfully made in the image of God. God made Eve out of the rib of Adam. And so Matthew Henry said that Eve was dust, double refined. But that's who we are. We're dust by constitution. We're creatures. But we're also, the Bible tells us, sinful creatures. Adam rebelled against God. Adam wanted his own way, wanted to be his own king and lawgiver. 
And when Adam and Eve, when Adam ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he and all his descendants were plunged into sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Spiritual death. Physical death. And unless he intervenes, eternal death. And so God said in Genesis 3.19, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Dust by constitution. And returning to dust by God's just wrath against sin. And here we read, he remembers that we're dust. God knows these things. It's not as if he's forgotten. He remembers them. He calls them to mind. They are part of his interactions with us. He remembers that we are creatures. And he remembers that we are sinful creatures. But God has compassion on us. And the Bible is emphatic that God expresses his divine compassion most especially and preeminently in Jesus Christ. The grace and mercy and compassion of God comes wonderfully and beautifully and savingly in Jesus. And in looking to Jesus Christ, we see the remarkable way that Psalm 103 verse 14 opens up to us. He knows how we are framed. He remembers that we are dust. It is an expression of his compassion. Well, how so? God knew us and was compassionate to us in the incarnation of the eternal word. God the Son took upon his uncreated divine person the dust of human nature. He added dust to deity. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. A true body and a reasoning soul, a full human nature. As God remembered us in Jesus Christ in the incarnation, and Jesus came then as our sympathetic high priest, made like us in every way, yet without sin. And God remembered that we are dust as sinners when Christ went to the cross, when Jesus took upon himself the wages of sin, which is death, and Jesus bore the curse of death. How great his compassion must have been that he should have remembered us in that way, not merely as a sympathetic high priest, but as a sacrificing high priest. He thought on us when we were low. And the living one died on the cross in his human nature, so that for those who trust in him, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see how dust 
captures the wonder of the compassion of God in Jesus Christ. Parents sometimes say to children when they're in distress, they whisper into a a small ear, I know, I know. Well, in the outworking of salvation, God has said to sinners, I know, I know. And he's come in Jesus Christ, in salvation. And in providence, God continues to say to those who are children, who are his children by faith in Christ, I know. Matthew Henry, the Puritan commentator, said of God, he considers the frailty of our bodies and the folly of our souls, how little we can do, how little we can bear, in all of which his compassion appears. He knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. God's dealings with you, the things that his providence has brought into your life, may not feel or seem like tenderness and compassion. You may find yourself saying, this is more than I can bear. But we must live by faith and not by sight by faith in God's word and not by our feelings. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can stand up under it. Isaiah 42 says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. How merciful and compassionate God is. As he sees our struggles in life, even as his children, as Christians, and we struggle. And he doesn't come to us in wrath. He doesn't rebuke us in wrath. His compassion on us. And he says, I know your frame. I know and I remember that you're dust. And in Jesus Christ, he has compassion. And beloved, in Jesus Christ, we have a hope beyond this life, this valley of tears and troubles. Professor John Duncan in Edinburgh said, referring to Jesus, the risen, ascended into heaven, Jesus, the dust of earth sits on the throne of heaven. And he's the first fruits of the resurrection, the first fruit of all of his people. First Corinthians 15, Paul said, the first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man, that's Jesus, from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so we shall bear the likeness of the man from heaven. God remembers that we are dust. 
We can easily forget that. People forget it. Adam and Eve forgot who they were. They were creatures. They tried to play God. People today glory in humanism. They forget that we're dust. People who live forgetting God's holiness and justice, deliberately ignoring the coming judgment, forget that they are dust. And the wages of sin is death. There's a book that was used to teach children in New England centuries ago, the New England Primer. It's a catechism, questions and answers. And it has these questions. Boys and girls, I think you can answer some of these. Listen, who made you? God. Of what were you made? Of dust. What does that teach you? To be humble and mindful of death. And we should be mindful of both those things. But even more, we should be mindful of Jesus, our compassionate Savior, who took our nature to himself to suffer and die in our place for the forgiveness of sins and is raised again to eternal life. We should be mindful of him, the compassionate Jesus who looked on the crowds The Bible says he had compassion on them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. Beloved, our Father in heaven knows and remembers who you are. We do well to remember who we are as well, to remember the one who was cursed in our place, the Lord Jesus, And to look to him in faith and to thank him for purchasing for us life instead of death. Life abundant now and life eternal in glory for all who come to him in faith. 